It's time to pick up the phone. Answer that call. This call is your calling and you can't hide from it or ignore it. That passion you have to help people and make a difference isn't going anywhere. You deserve to get paid and paid well doing work you love and changing lives. Everything in your life has led you here. And now we're here to help you figure out how to make your destiny your reality. Welcome to Six Figure Certified Coach, the podcast hosted by Inner Glow Circle. IGC is an internationally accredited life coaching school created to take your existing professional skills paired with your life experience and turn it into a six-figure coaching business. We've trained thousands of successful coaches and now it's your turn. Let's get focused, get real, and get you six-figure certified. Big thank you to Paperbell, our podcast sponsor. Paperbell is the new tool that powers your online coaching business. Paperbell handles your payments, appointment scheduling, sending files to your clients, contract signing, and more. You can get started with a free account at paperbell.com slash podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Six Figure Certified Coach podcast. I'm hosting today. Katie is off this week, but I'm Liv Chapman, and we have a very exciting guest today, Delray Messer. Welcome. Thank you. So excited to be here. Thanks so much. And actually, Delray and I connected a couple of weeks ago, and I think we spent like almost an hour on the phone together, just kind of chatting and getting to know each other. And I was like, oh, yeah, you definitely have to be on the show because there are so many different stories to tell. We're going to try to get to all of them. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself. But for our audience that's been following along, our real theme of season two is kind of the the untold stories between behind entrepreneurship. And we often see these, you know, what appear to be overnight success stories. And there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, a lot of evolution, a lot of transformation. And so we've brought on really special guests this season to kind of tell what we call the truth truth about their success and the path that they took to get there. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your company, and then we'll get into the juicy stuff. Amazing. I love this. The truth, truth is the only way that I can do things. Um, I feel like sometimes I'm almost so honest about entrepreneurship. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want anybody to avoid taking action on it, but I, I feel like the honest part of the journey is really in those challenging moments that I wanted to dip out, that I wanted to quit, that I have asked, like, why is this happening to me? And what I've realized is, um, throughout my journey, I really craved um, learning and I craved curiosity. And I really think if we can have a perspective shift and perception shift of how we approach it, it changes everything. And I was always a very curious, um, I was a curious kid. I was curious about learning more about myself because I grew up in a really small family farming community. And so I was always asking those questions about women and what kind of dreams I could have because I wasn't really um, seeing it around me in the way that I wanted to live out my life. Unfortunately, I had, um, I had parents that were very encouraging, but I, I do think, and I think for anybody listening in, if you're on a discovery journey of really figuring out more of who you are, especially in the past couple of years with so much uncertainty and coming back to that place of saying, you know, what do I want? I think the past two years were the biggest blessing for that. There's a lot of us that are searching for more than just achievement. And I was on that path for so long of just validating my worth through achievement because it was the way that I felt recognized and seen and heard in a really 
I'd say organized chaotic family. <laughs> I grew yeah. up the oldest of four kids in um, a very strict Catholic, you know, again, rural family farming community. And so I had to, I think the, the greatest gift was unlearning. And I was always passionate about health and wellness. Um, was going to possibly take the, the medical route, but a close family friend of ours was a chiropractor. And he helped me just think differently about nutrition and well-being. And I thought, my, I really want, I really want to educate people about, about this. I want to help people avoid, you know, this path of just an unhealthy lifestyle that we've all, I think, almost been led to believe is a new normal. And so, you know, becoming a chiropractor, it was hard because I found out that I was pregnant two months after I was accepted to graduate school. And I felt like such a failure because I was on a scholarship for track and cross country um, and for academics. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to achieve those um, academic and athletic scholarships because I knew my family couldn't afford college and I really wanted to role model for my siblings. And so that pressure of achievement just grew bigger and bigger. And then finding out that I'm pregnant, losing that scholarship, not being able to finish my last year of college in the same capacity and needing to like pack it into a summer school until I could then go to graduate school. It was really hard. And I think I just had a big identity shift and continue to understand that if we root our identity in what's next or in an achievement and that all goes away, um, we're left with wondering who we are. And I've had to think really navigate that. And as an entrepreneur, we get, I think, really invested in um, a plan sometimes and a vision that it can get thrown off course. And then we think it's us or that there's something wrong with us um, when in fact we've gained so many skills and, and um, I think we learn about ourselves in the process. And if, if that can be the greatest gift is the journey of that growth. I think we can start to reframe all of us, especially as women collectively co-creating change together versus thinking we have to do it all on our own as well. Yes, that's, um, I think what you were talking about in summary is all about reframing, right? Especially what we were taught or what we needed to, what we needed to unlearn. And I know we had talked before a little bit about our similar upbringings, like big Catholic family, pretty strict, didn't see the women doing much out of the home, at least in, you know, my experience and kind of almost feeling like something's off. All, all the time. And I think that that carries with us through, you know, through entrepreneurship and so forth. And it's that constant reminder to check in. It's like, are you enjoying the process, not just the end result and being willing to shift, right? Like as, as women, the feminine thing is like flowing, right? And how good can we get at that? Um, and I, I want to, I'd love if you would talk a little bit more too about, you know, being a mom. And that's really also when you started your first company, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my older daughter is now 18. She's actually moving in to her dorm on Monday. I cannot Oh my God. So exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. She is absolutely amazing. I'm so proud of my girls. My little one is going to be not, or she is nine. Um, older one going to be 19. And the older one was three months old when I started graduate school. And so I show up to 
you know, this doctorate program and everybody's looking at me like I was absolutely crazy. Like, what are you yeah. doing? You're starting school with this baby. And so I, I mean, I remember vividly those, that first year is really hard. And I was waking up early to just get a little workout in, dropping her off at daycare, getting to school, pumping in the locker room, um, studying anatomy and cranial nerves at night after I nursed her um, and doing it all over again. And I look back and I really wonder how. Um, thankfully, I was younger, probably had a lot more energy. Yeah, for um, sure. But I think the best thing that I did, and I look back because I could have made a lot of different choices during school. Um, but I was always hungry for personal development and professional development. I always believed mentorship was really powerful. If you can compress time um, through success, you know, compression and say, hey, teach me everything you know about how you became successful. Um, that was going to, I know, fast track my results when I was done with school. And I had a little human that was depending on me. And I was on WIC groceries. I remember going into the grocery store and being like, I hope someday I can buy flowers and afford flowers for my table because right now I'm, I'm living on the basics. And I went and worked for some really successful chiropractors and I actually went to them and told them that I would pay them to work for them. Um, I wanted to learn everything that they knew. And most importantly, they were really balanced in their personal life too. Mm -hmm. I saw that they had very healthy relationships. And I think I understood at a young age that, you know, success wasn't going to be the key to happiness. You know, I looked at a well-rounded individual or several of them and I went to work for them. So I was actually working on the weekends, bringing my munchkin with me, doing events. And I'm standing at a mall kiosk. <laughs> to ask people to get their spine checked and people were like, what are you doing? <laughs> but it taught me so much. It taught me the, I think, genuine truth, truth numbers of entrepreneurship. Okay. You talk to 200 people in a weekend, Delray, and maybe a couple say they'll come in to get their spine checked into this chiropractic office. And then maybe one will start care, you know? So I, I think I had this reality check that this was not mm. going to be easy. Marketing yeah. was not going to be easy, running a business. Um, and so I craved that kind of mentorship. And I quickly realized that my daughter was being raised by daycare. And once I was out of school and working in a practice, um, the hours were really challenging. So I was the dinner, uh, bed and bath time mom, Yeah, you know, a couple hours a day, if that, and I was craving a more intimate connection with her. And I had a lot of guilt and a lot of shame because while I started to believe all of these truths that were told about me of being an unwed young mother, I believed them. And so I chose really unhealthy relationships because I believe it was really all I thought it was worth. And I subjected her to seeing that and experiencing that. And I felt it was almost unforgivable. I actually really felt like a bad mom. Mm -hmm. um, and I believed that for a long time until I realized, well, you were pretty young. <laughs> you were doing the best you could. Um, and after having my, my other daughter, you know, I felt really stuck because now I was, you know, I was a mom of two girls. My life was not going according to plan. I had started an online business out of, a really good intention. I wanted to spend more time with my daughter. So I took the weight loss and nutrition program that I had developed in um, the office that I was working in and moved it online. So I actually manufactured and formulated a few well-being um, products and nutritional supplements, but kind of saw behind the curtain of Oz of an industry that 
did a lot of unhealthy marketing in the wellness industry. And I realized was capital capitalizing on women's insecurities. And I did not want to be a part of a very surface solution to wellness and um, decided to make another transition uh, about eight years ago now. So again, that business, I mean, truly it failed. And I can say that with 100% um, certainty and no guilt or shame about it because it actually taught me the biggest lessons in entrepreneurship of, I mean, really investing time, you know, we call it sweat equity. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes as founders, we get a little bit of that confirmation bias of how long am I going to do this? Because it's kind of like a baby, right? How long am I going to stick to this and realize that, you know, I needed to pivot and make another shift. So I think of evolution and evolving and not labeling who we are, because I could have labeled myself as, okay, chiropractor, then entrepreneur, then online, you know, business woman. But, you know, there's so many labels I was giving myself, but I've allowed myself to um, stop trying to put myself in just one box and start to become more aware of the type of skill sets that I can develop. And if there's a time and an opportunity to then shift and evolve and pivot, um, it's so much easier than trying to stay stuck. Oh my God, Liv, people are always coming to me asking how to make six figures as a life coach. And I'm like, what? Like it's hard? It's easy if you just go to class. To get our free class on how to make six figures in your coaching business, all you need to do is text the words six figures to 813-212-8869. Again, text six figures to 813 212 8869 to get our free class on how to make six figures as a life coach today. Now let's get back to the episode. So in many ways, I know you said that business failed, but it seems like it's more of like the pathway to the next thing, the more aligned thing, the thing that feels better and, you know, perhaps more productive or, you know, you make more money. Um, but tell us like, how did you, decide? Like, how do you know when it's time to shift gears? Oh, that's such a good question. It's hard. I spent a lot of really challenging nights asking myself the questions that maybe even listeners are asking if, you know, you're kind of hanging on to something and you're not seeing the outcome. It's like, how do you know the difference between persisting and persevering? How long yeah. do you do that? And I think we internally know, I believe that we don't trust ourselves enough. I think right now with the amount of information, the amount of opportunity that we're bombarded with, we're almost in this paralyzing place of so many choices right. that sometimes we don't know how to trust our gut anymore. And I feel like I've done a really good job of sometimes needing solitude to gain clarity, removing myself from the emotional connection to it. Because again, we get emotional about the businesses we create, especially when it's something we're passionate about. Um, and I realized that I was, there were parts of the business that were, it was a values assessment, truly. It was saying, okay, what are your values and how do you want to spend your time? And if there's a way to leverage your time in certain areas, could you 
could you trade and upgrade, you know, the type of business model? It's almost like getting in a more efficient vehicle and saying, okay, I had this for a while. It was the right vehicle at the right time. Here's what I learned, but I'm now ready to let go of making product labels, of spending all of this time on manufacturing and fulfillment and customer service kind of being everything in the business. And I was able to leverage all of those things that were taking away my time because my time was a top core value. Family is a top core value. Integrity is. So those things weren't aligning anymore. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, I believe too, we, we have to prioritize. There's going to be certain times in our life and seasons, especially as business owners, uh, you know, harmony is hard. Balance is probably something I don't even really believe in because I believe at certain times, something's going to need us to prioritize it at different times. And I've experienced right. all of that, whether it's family or um, our, our works, there's seasonality. I think sometimes we don't embrace that there are seasons and then suddenly, oh, okay, how emotionally invested am I in this? And if I can become an observer, is there a better way? And that's what I realized eight years ago is I was kind of drowning in the the day-to-day of the business. And I had an opportunity that opened up um, that I, I realized was going to allow me to have more time with my family, um, align with integrity. And so those top core values are what led me to the decision. And I think a values aligned life is something that is one of the most underrated um, exercises that we could do, could do or realizations or perspectives or perception, the way we see the world and the way we want to live our life. So many of us are unhappy and unfulfilled because we don't really know what our values are. And if we did, we'd be able to draw boundaries in such a different way and make decisions with so much clarity and certainty. Um, But I believe our culture has a large part to, to do with us, especially as women, being shaped to not necessarily feel confident or clear in our direction because we have so many challenges, whether it's childcare to like all of these, the dual roles of being a mom and a business owner, it's not like our culture has really set us up for success. Like we've had to figure that out and I've had to figure it out the hard way, you know, by saying, wow, my munchkin needs my full on attention. She doesn't need me to document every part of our life for social media. She does not, she needs me. She doesn't need mom you know, as a business owner, she needs mom. And mm-hmm. I had to, um, you know, unravel a lot of that and ask myself what parts of the business are taking time away. Um, so that's, I would say self-trust and intuition, finding solitude to get clear on your values. Nature does that for me. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to make some big, big decisions in my life, I'll usually go into solitude in nature. I'll go to Colorado and hike for three days and literally just get into that place where I know I can trust how I'm feeling. Yeah. Well, there's so many distractions and I do feel like just being a woman, of course, there's a ton, but also adding in the mom element. And we talk to women all the time who want to you know, start a business or start a coaching business. And they're like, but you know, I have kids at home or I'm expecting my first child or I just got married. So what happens if I get pregnant? And it's like, there's no rule, right? There's no um, blueprint that shows you exactly how to do this. I think it's a lot of trial and error. And I think it's a lot of just 
you know, going all in on whatever you value or whatever you're creating and then readjusting or recalibrating, right? Because we actually don't know. I mean, we rescheduled this podcast last week because both of our kids happened to be sick at the same time, states away, but sick at the same time. And you just kind of get used to that, you know, constant recalibration. But the other interesting thing, Delray, I'm like so many women come to entrepreneurship to have more time with their kids. And often there's less time, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's, I really think that it's efficiency and it's understanding what comes first, right? Like prioritizing, reprioritizing again. My priorities have shifted as my kids have gotten older, right? Me physically being, you know, with them 24 seven is not as much of a requirement as it used to be, right? They want to go to their friend's house. They want to go play outside, right? So it's like the time looks different. But I think it's just something that we always have to be checking in with. And the best way to do that is to know what your values are and know what comes first. Like we do this thing in IGC called sacred scheduling, where it's like you have your top three to five values and anything that falls under number one, that goes in your calendar first, then comes two that, you know, and so forth. And I, I think it's a good way to kind of just look at your life. Like you're saying, look at it from, from the outside looking in and be able to audit and assess and make changes. And also forgive yourself when you can't make the changes as quickly as you want to, because sometimes it takes time. Absolutely. I think flexibility and adaptability are two skill sets in entrepreneurship that are going to be absolutely essential to embrace because of everything you just said, the the unpredictability, the uncertainty, even of the past two years, if that didn't teach us anything. I actually love it because it leads to innovation. And like mm-hmm. you said, you get to audit all of those actions continuously. I would say over the past two years, what I've learned most about myself in entrepreneurship was the role of mom that I actually really enjoy being able to turn off work in my head and in my body, most importantly, yeah. because children are very intuitive. They know whether you're present or not, and they enjoy quality time, most of them, at the age that I'm at, my little one being nine. Um, and when I started this business eight years ago, you know, she was she was one. And so, like you said, there's a seasonality to being mom as well, where maybe there's solutions that look a little bit different when you're in that stage. For me, it was the park dates and being able to connect with moms that way. Mm -hmm. I had a really hard time asking for help and especially being in a single mom role for a while, being a high achiever. I, and also having a mom that was a stay at home mom, but also milk cows and like worked on the farm really hard. She was kind of everything to everyone. And I saw her do it all. And so when I considered delegating, you know, activities like, that weren't income producing for me, like a house cleaner and some of these things that just, you just don't do in the culture that I was raised. Like that is not something that my grandma would approve of. Um, But I had to realize for me, what were those things that were taking time away from present moments with my daughters that also weren't serving the business in any way. And so I started to get really good at delegating things that weren't income producing Um, Like you said, the sacred scheduling, so prioritizing and time blocking. But Mm -hmm. I will tell you, there is a secret that I learned over the past couple of years that I believe really changed the course and direction of my life. Um, The past eight years have been absolutely amazing in the business that I was able to build. 
It gave me time freedom, income freedom and flexibility and more choice. But I will tell you, I didn't know how to be happy in a present moment with my time. And it's ironic that I talk to so many women who want more um, financial freedom as well as more time to be able to spend meaningful moments with who they love the most, doing what they love the most. Yeah. Yet, I find so many, once they get there, are like, I don't even know what to do. It's almost like that retirement feeling, right? Mm. Somebody like my dad, who's a farmer, working his whole life for retirement, goes on a one-week vacation and comes home and tells my mom after their vacation that he's like, I can't retire. <laughs> There's no way. I don't know what to do with myself. I All feel that. I feel like working. I don't know how I would ever retire either. I'm like, <laughs> I like to work. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so I had to look at this as like, I love to work because it gives me purpose. And it's yeah. a path for me that brings fulfillment by serving other people. But the other aspect of it is I was so tightly wound in my nervous system of, you know, stressed, you know, stressed achiever, anxiety that can produce action, being a, a, an achiever in general. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that are. And we all have different personality types, but what I've seen is a, a lot of achievers then really struggle to actually enjoy the success once they've gotten, quote unquote, there, like that destination happiness. When I get here, then I'll be happy. When yeah. I get here, then I'm going to spend present moments with my family. And so my biggest piece of advice is practice it now. Because if you can practice how it feels to lay in a hammock, you know, and read a book or whatever those meaningful moments are to you that are a form of self care and, you know, slowing down and reflecting again, the solitude in that the hiking that I did on my 40th birthday was for that reason. It was a form of self care for me to say, look at this journey. You know, you're here now and now what's next, but only what's next that's fulfilling. And so I started to practice what those moments would feel like. And now the level of, I would say, fulfillment in where I'm at versus where I'm going is so much different. It's like I'm present where my feet are instead of trying to reflect on the past or live in the past with any amount of guilt or just be so tied to the future that nothing right now um, is bringing happiness. And I feel like there's a lot of people that are in that place because we've all had some form of trauma in the past couple of years, I had a severely immune compromised family member. And so the year before COVID, we were at Mayo back and forth. And then COVID hits. And unfortunately, the treatment um, that this individual received made COVID fatal. And so I was isolated for nearly two years as somebody that loves women, loves connecting. It was the hardest time of my life. And so also more financial um, abundance and, and more success didn't take challenges away. Right. <laughs> they gave you more choice. And then I realized I needed to respond to this. I needed to show my girls that there were a lot of factors that happened. You know, we live in Minneapolis. The George Floyd mur murder was here. We went through so many challenging conversations as a family between the two of us. We have four kids. So trying to explain to them oh, you can't see your friends in the same capacity as as they can at their ages too was really hard. But we teach them that 
living through our values daily is a choice. Gratitude is a choice. How we choose to look at these circumstances is a choice. And it's not always easy. Trust me, there are days where even just last week when we had to cancel our show, I was like, that was a really hard day. It was one of those days where I said, you know, you just don't have to have it all together at this moment. Um, But I think those are those are skill sets that are that shape us. And it's in they're actually really small moments. They're the hard moments. But again, those add up and they compound to a big result. And I'm most proud of who I am in this process of being there for my family and also being able to really compartmentalize work in a different way. I'm more proud of who I am than any achievement I've ever earned in the past, you know, eight years. Yeah. The beauty of that is that that will go everywhere with you, right? No one can take it away. It's, it's something that you cultivate from within. And I think no matter how much success that you have, if you don't take a minute to say like, am I good? Is this what I want? Is this who I am? You're just going to be on to the next thing. And then what happens, right? You know, I don't want to look back on life with any regrets. And I think there's definitely seasons of hustle in everyone's life. I mean, I also found out I was pregnant with my son about three months into quitting my job and starting my business. So I don't really know business without also, you know, raising babies at the same time. Um, But, and I would say that was more hustle. I didn't have as many moments to be present, but I would say that's probably any mom with a newborn, right? Like you want it and you you can try and it may not be as, as much as you desire, but there's seasons. And then we're looking like the whole theme of this is like, you know, what, when you have finally arrived, right? When you've hit that overnight, overnight 10 year success story, right? And then it's like on to the next thing. But often I'm going to get to the point here. Often I think we're sitting in the moment that we wanted and we don't even realize it. And it's like, wait a minute. And if you're still going to bed every night miserable, it's like you have to just pause. Do you think your purpose in life is to create invoices or remind your clients that they have more appointments to schedule? Not at all. You're a coach because you love creating transformation for your clients, and that's why you need to check out Paperbell. Paperbell powers your online coaching business, payments, appointments, contract signing, client management, and more. It's so simple to use and will give you so much relief and ease in your coaching practice. You just send your clients one link, one link, and Paperbell does all of the admin and onboarding. Your client pays you, they sign the contract, they self-schedule their appointments, and you can even add an intake survey or deliver a welcome packet. Paperbell does it all. It's like having a VA that's there 24-7. And it's so quick and intuitive to set up, even if you're not tech savvy. Paperbell is a one-stop shop that does all of the boring admin stuff so you don't have to. Get started with a free account at paperbell.com podcast. I just, I I can't stand, like, we all have these people in our lives, I think, or I mean, try to move them out of your life a little bit that just complain about the same thing. It's like been 10 years of the same complaint. And it's like, you really can look at things differently. And you really can actually say, instead of, you know, this is me, instead of watching The Real Housewives tonight, why don't you take a look at your values and see if you and your family are actually living through them? Or what's one thing you can add to your you know, life that would bring more of that in. I I don't even think it has to be that complicated. I think sometimes people are like, 
values. Like, I don't know where I would begin. And, but you probably, everyone probably knows them. They just perhaps haven't been asked or haven't had the opportunity to, you know, articulate them and make decisions based on them. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I chose to do with my girls every day when we, you know, when COVID happened, I go, what can we control at this moment? And especially amongst so much uncertainty and teaching them how they can take that with them someday, we list our top three values that we want to actually live out that day. Um, from a list, there's kids lists that you can print out online. I use Brene Brown. She has a list of um, values from her Dare to Leave okay. um, resource. I love Brene. She's absolutely amazing. I've learned a lot about vulnerability through her because, again, raised you know in a smaller community, emotions, you kind of like made a hole in the ground and <laughs> covered it with dirt. Yeah. Um, you can continue to just suppress them and shove them down. But <clears throat> vulnerability, <clears throat> excuse me really helped me to connect with people. And so getting vulnerable with the girls and telling them when I have a hard day, but here's what I'm choosing. We do our gratitudes every morning, we write them down, and then we do our top three values. And then at the end of the day, we share how we lived them out in action. Because it's very easy to say, I am kind, or I am brave, or you know, I, I value curiosity today. Then at the end of the day, sharing how we live them out gives us an opportunity to connect and be grateful for those. Yeah. It's so simple too, but has such a great impact. And I think that's what we're all looking for in life, right? Absolutely. Efficient, aligned, relatively simple, and offers a great return or great impact. And I know that's kind of um, actually just made me think of the impact investing that you had told me about. And I had never heard this term before. I mean, I, I logically understand it now that you you know, shared with me more about it. But I think that, first of all, you've made so many transitions as an entrepreneur, as a mom, as a woman. And it's like always taking the next best step, right? Even though there may be failures or fail forwards or whatever you want to call them in between. And I know one of the things you were telling me about was investing and how, you know, your other businesses and other things that you've done over the years have helped you be able to do this. And so... I'd love for you to share with we because we have a lot of women who are hitting six figures and who knows what they're doing with their money. It's their, you know, that's their personal choice. But I think there's many who are like, but I have the Louis Vuitton bag or I have the Louboutin shoes and I have the house I wanted and I have the car I wanted, but something's still missing. Oh, you, you can't see me, but I have the biggest smile on my face. <laughs> Liv can see it. I am so passionate about financial literacy for women. Um, some of the statistics are absolutely mind blowing. I mean, one, just we live longer. There's going to be a time in the majority of women's lives that they will be responsible for fi finances in some capacity. Um, I look back and I'm actually really grateful that it happened to me at a really young age because I chose to, you know, have my daughter at, at 21 and had to become financially literate mm -hmm. or, or say, I was not going to ask my parents for help. It was just, that was it. I was cut off. I was going to figure it out. I was going to provide for her. And um, I had to deep dive into all of it and take responsibility and ownership. And I think sometimes it can be a little um, intimidating, embarrassing. There's a lot of emotions that come with not feeling financially 
educated or literate, even if you're making six, even sometimes seven figures. I've had conversations with women making seven figures and they said they're just as broke as they were when they were making less than a hundred thousand a year. So I know the feeling of, of feeling a little ashamed and embarrassed that I didn't know a lot of, you know, investing terms or platforms or really anything. And so I just said, I'm going to treat this just like I do anything else, just like starting a business. I'm going to get curious. I'm going to learn. I'm going to take responsibility. And I'm also going to ask myself the hard questions. Am I more successful if I have that handbag or not? And again, nice things are not wrong. They're not bad. It's just how do you define them? And are they absolutely necessary? Again, it's that kind of wants versus needs or what do I need to show in order to gain authority? You know, I've seen this. I'm in an industry where flashes um, it, it's everywhere. And we look at social media. I think it's really shaped the way we look at success um, through image and image lens versus a character lens. And so I got really passionate about reframing my uh, financial blueprint, my level of wealth consciousness and abundance, because money was very scarce how I grew up. And my money story was there was never enough or it was very uncertain because I actually remember what it felt like to have a storm come through and how stressful that was for my family. If it wiped out all of the crops, we, it was always stress. Money was stressful. And again, yeah. we, my parents raised us four kids in a double wide trailer and I am so proud of them because I didn't know any different. I didn't know that we didn't have a lot. Um, but I kind of found myself in several places in my life where there's this constant, I'd get to a place, say it's six figures in multiple different businesses, but then kind of self-sabotage or something would happen, kind of take me back to square one. And so with this business and scaling to a seven figure income in three years, I did something very different. I started to root my abundance or financial well-being into contribution and service to others. So I chose something that would move me emotionally to be able to have different income goals. And I started to root it in natural disaster relief work. So I wrote a check for $5,000 and then I knew I was going to be able to write that check at this goal. And that was going to fund a natural disaster relief effort. And so I I aligned with a nonprofit that I'm now on the board of. And even during COVID, I set these goals to say, okay, this next project I'm going to fund. So we made baby dolls of diversity after, you know, the George Floyd um, murder because we wanted to bring awareness to, to social justice and equality and start with children because obviously that's how our lens is shaped of the world. We wrote a color coloring book and I was able to fund the printing of this coloring book that won international Stevie awards. And again, it feels different because when the project is through you and because of you, but it's not about you, it yeah. feels very different. And so impact investing is just that. I think that there's many women that feel like we can't make an impact or that our voices aren't heard or that we care deeply about social justice, 
about the environment, about equality, uh, uh, these impact-driven goals that we have. In fact, reading several books recently on impact investing, over 85% of women say that if they had all the money in the world, they would put it in places that make an impact in our world for our for the future of our children. But we don't know that every time we spend a dollar, we vote for what we want to see in the world. Every action we take is a vote for our character. And once I realized that we hold a whole lot more power than we can possibly imagine, my mindset shifted from needing to or wanting to make more money just to make more money to needing to fund impact and fund projects that really moved me emotionally. And it changed the intrinsic motivation. It can be sometimes really hard as an entrepreneur too, to keep yourself motivated because you yeah. are your cheerleader, you're your biggest cheerleader. And so this intrinsic drive just moved me because I was funding passion projects that I believe will change the course and direction of the world through a ripple effect. And I wanna teach women that they can do the same. I mean, for example, think about the last time you, you bought something on Instagram. Do you know if child labor was involved? We have fast fashion that's now the second leading cause of, of environmental impact in a negative way. Um, and how many of the clothes that we purchase are, are not even recyclable, that don't break down, that are now being dumped on shores with other children that, you know, can't even navigate the amount of garbage being dumped on their home. It is literally mind blowing when you look at the challenges that we face because of capitalism. But I truly believe that conscious capitalism can change our world. I believe that we can align with companies that have environmental social governance. It's, you know, ESGs. We can look for B certified corporations. That's a new, um, a new label that basically says, and it's, it's really challenging for a company to get that certification. So we know that they have been socially responsible, you know, in several ways, if they have that, that, um, stamp of approval. And there's so many other things that we can look at. I think sometimes too, it's very overwhelming to think about all the problems in the world, but you can get down to your micro economy. What can you do in your community? So mm -hmm. I volunteer, I bring the girls with, we create community volunteer opportunities and create connection through volunteerism. It's these basic things that we all know lead to a fulfilled life, but it's not often that we take the time. I moved all of my assets into values aligned investing all of even consider your bank you know i was banking with a bank because it was just convenient and it was everywhere instead of thinking wow this bank actually has a lot of unhealthy practices behind yeah. it and they've been in trouble several times so i shifted it to a small local bank it's little things like that that also i believe give women power and it gives us an opportunity to say listen if equality isn't going to happen overnight Here's how we can expedite it. And women's, I mean, vote for the dollar is really powerful. And I, I just want to empower more women to understand that, that they have an opportunity, even with the money you're making now. And sometimes I think you, people think they need so much in order to start doing those things. But a little bit of, of, of investment can compound in a huge way. And it's what I teach my girls as well. I'm like, okay, if you want that, 
whatever they are now, mini brand set, whatever she wants. I don't know. I have boys, but yeah. What, what could you do instead with investing for that to compound for something, you know, down the road and giving them responsibilities. I do real estate investing. So they learn right alongside me what that looks like. And, um, I just want to be a role model for that. Cause I came from nothing built from nothing. And I believe that many of us have looked at people, like you said, as the overnight success. That's what social media has done. It's robbed us of the grit and the grace that it takes to be able to overcome. And like we said, your character is something that you will take with you. Um, and I'm, I think we're going to be most proud of that instead of thinking that we're always missing out on something. Hi, it's Kalia, IGC coach training grad and six-figure certified coach. I know you're here listening to these incredible stories of successful coaches and wondering, when will it be my turn? I'm sure you entered this year with the goal of finally stepping into your purpose. And there is no better way than enrolling in IGC's internationally accredited coach training program. Enrollment is open now and it is your turn. So take the first step by going to innerglowcircle.com forward slash call right now and book a free call with me. Your six-figure certified story starts today. And well, tell me this. I know impact investing is mostly about money, right? But what about time? You know, we talk about like as entrepreneurs, like, you know, when you're short on, you know, we all have different resources, right? Knowledge and intellect, um, energy, love and support, um, time and money, right? And I just am putting that out there because I do think that, like you said, small donations count too. I I still don't make small donations to places, you know, and everything matters. But I also think that it can be time. I'm just, you know, it's like those moments when you go to bed and you're like, what just happened today? I feel unfulfilled. I can, from personal experience, like if I volunteer at the church or if I volunteer in the school or if I sit in on some type of community activism meeting or town hall or something, I literally feel like I lived today. I'm like, oh my God, I did something. Like I also used to volunteer at the Humane Society. Now a little bit less because one of my sons is so allergic to all animals. But like I never felt better. It was almost like that feeling of like being in love. Like that, it like keeps you up at night. You start saying, wow, I could do this once. And you can take that feeling with you and it actually feels good. I think that Cha-ching sound is good too when you're selling products or you're selling services. But I, I think that there's nothing that actually makes you like lay in bed at night and say, wow, I like did, you know, a really good job today. I, I will tell you volunteering has changed my life completely. Yeah. Uh, and I thought I volunteered before. I mean, I did, I was always a good person and my mom really instilled that in us. Yeah. I call her mother Teresa. She's amazing. So she would take us to the nursing home when we were kids and she just gave us these opportunities through action to see what real empathy and compassion was like and what it felt like to literally have volunteerism like running through your DNA. Mm-hmm. And it is a different level, I believe, of of a rooted feeling in life too. Because like you said, distractions or unexpected events, they literally, it feels like a hurricane sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. And I always feel like I've been able to 
you know how palm trees can bend with the wind, right? I feel like I've been able to bend with the wind because I have rooted myself in service and contribution to others. And that's my identity. My identity used to be achievement. So of course, if something was going to happen or the fear of it happening, it keeps you rooted in a completely different way. You feel like you can get knocked over in a second, but when you have roots that are strong in your values and then you impact your community, like you said, with even the simplicity of time. So think of a volunteer experience that you could host. We did one where I purchased the supplies to be able to create social emotional learning activities for refugee children that were fleeing Ukraine. So Mm. we got to ship them to Poland and we got to write notes and my little one and my daughters do it with me. So again, when something becomes a part of who you are, suddenly fulfillment looks and feels different because you're not seeking it for either validation or to share it on the local news that you're such a good person, but it literally becomes a part of your day to day. And so you actually create opportunity. You don't just wait for it to happen. You're like, how does my community need me? How can I help during this time? And I believe that's leadership. I think so often we don't give ourselves the title of a leader uh, because we think it's a certain income amount or that we have to be a certain authority figure. And I believe leadership starts in your home and it starts in your local community. Um, And that would probably be my number one piece of advice. I'll say the most challenging things that have happened to me in my life. I lost $70,000 in a Ponzi scheme um, that was introduced to me by a friend. It was going to be the down payment on my girls in my home. It was everything I saved the first three years of this business for that home for us. And it was gone overnight. And I felt like I felt so ashamed and so embarrassed. And I mean, that's a lot of money to a lot of people, but it was especially a lot of money to me because of how diligent I chose to live like a student, even while I was having this kind of abundance flowing into my life and it was taken away. And I remember uh, a natural disaster relief trip came up after the Houston flooding. Mm. And I, I just, I didn't want to go because I was like, I'm, I just need to process this. I can't be around people. I'll probably cry at, <laughs> at any given moment. And I was encouraged to go. And when I went, it gave me such gratitude perspective. Like it gave me that moment of Delray, you can rebuild. And this family just lost everything. They lost everything, every memory, their home, their community. And it just allowed me to process in such a different way. And ironically, every time something happens, there's a natural disaster relief trip that I'm supposed to go on. It's like, of course there is. Yes, of course. (laughs) So it also gives you a perspective shift daily to say, wow, there are things I can control. There is impact that I can make simply by being who I am. And you know, the most beautiful part of it is that my girls live this out and I watch it like my little one will make little tiny gift bags for people to just you know make a little bracelet for them my older daughter ties blankets for the kids at the children's hospital there's moments like that that I say wow okay you are doing a good job even on those hard days but if I would just be living for the next goal they would know that it would be yeah. a very different role modeling. So I think that's my, my number one piece of advice is 
when all of this is done, and again, having a family member go through some really challenging health struggles, and if you've lost someone or you're someone that craves deep meaning in life and you're done with the surface stuff, I think like so many of us are, everything changes. You know, there, we're not taking anything with us. Right. I mean, the people that are going to be surrounding us when this life is over are who are going to be there and just ask yourself, like, how, how is that relationship? How are those relationships? How is the relationship with yourself? Um, it's very hard, I believe, to invite healthy relationships into our life if we're not healthy with ourselves. Yeah. Um, and I believe the number one form of self-care is believing in your self-worth and loving every aspect of who you are and every forward failure, like you said, and everything that didn't work out and didn't go according to plan, the failed relationships, the failed businesses, they're all just a beautiful part of a big puzzle that's shaping you. Yeah. Beautiful. We're going to get a lot of good quotes out of this one, honey. <laughs> but overall, it's like, I'm just hearing this resounding thing that's coming to my brain. It's like true success and fulfillment is not about the chase, but it's about choice. And I think that every example you've given us and story that you've so you know, honestly told us. So thank you for that has really proven that, right? It's like, stop for a minute and just check in and start making choices more aligned with your values. And before we wrap up the episode, if you're listening to this, please share the episode and on Instagram and tag us and then tell us what your top three values are. Like do a little homework, do something with what you've learned. And we will, of course reshare it or reply, but I would love to see people really declare what their values are as just the first step to take from listening to this episode. So before we go, Delray, where can everyone find you online? Well, <laughs> I took a little break from social media because I needed to, and I needed mm -hmm. to process. I am on Instagram. So at Dr. Delray, so just D-R-D-E-L-R-A-E, um, and I, I answer my messages. I love connecting with women and helping in any way. I think I pride myself on being a resource and love providing resources and tools. I'm very passionate about mental health right now and normalizing the challenges that we go through in our dual roles as moms, um, you know, and, and business owners. So I would love to help in any, any way. And I am launching a community for impact investing. And it's just going to be a place for education, expert, you know, expert leaders in that industry. And for you to understand that sometimes you have what you need in order to make the impact that you desire. It's just nobody's maybe taught you how to maximize that. So I'm very excited about it. And you've also been just, I think, a great sounding board to Sometimes I feel like this topic is not as sexy as saying like, here's how I earn seven figures. You know? yeah. It just, it yeah. seems to be like we all really want that, you know, fast track, but I'm telling you, it's so worth it to take a moment and say, wow, this journey is what I'm most proud of. Yeah. And I would guess a lot of our listeners think they want it and now they are rethinking everything. <laughs> and that is the goal of this episode. So go rethink through your values, share this episode and Delray, thank you so much. 
I hope we get to meet in person soon. I hope so. Absolutely. We'll make it happen. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Be sure to tune in next week and share this episode. Let's face it. The world needs you and your clients are waiting. This is the year you make it happen and become a six-figure certified coach doing exactly what you were called to do. If you loved this episode, give us a five-star review and share it with someone else who's ready to make moves and answer their calling. We can't wait to see you next week and help you make your first or your next six figures as a certified coach.